Hello, my beautiful friends. It's been some time. Thank you for all the lovely feedback about the last episode with Dr. Naif. Many of you got interested in hypnosis and how it can alter your habits. I personally started to read more books about it. If you didn't listen to it yet, it's episode number 31. Go and check it out. And now let's dig in in today's episode. Welcome to the Sarah Shabana Show. We are all born unique in every way, yet we often forget there is more than one way. Hesitant, we are believing in what's possible and never ask how we can make it more probable. So this is a place to learn and explore from the stories of those who have designed the life they adore. There is nothing set in stone if we stay curious and don't lock the door. My name is Sarah and I'm the host of the Sarah Shabana Show. I'm here to provoke you to design your own life dig deeper into your curiosities, and get inspired from those who created a life they love. This podcast is all about realizing the possibilities and learn real tactics and strategies on how you can design a life that brings you joy. Welcome back. You most probably read the title before you clicked to listen to this episode. And you may have had some thoughts like, what kind of secrets I don't know about my heart? Or is this just like a clickbait title and I will only hear either a boring scientific information or some cheesy remarks about the heart and the drama of love? But I would ask you to stay with me because it will blow your mind. Yes, scientifically speaking, with no doubt, your heart is your super organ. And in case you didn't know, it's actually the first organ that was created inside of you. So it's not an exaggeration to say, at a point of time, you were just a heart. But I'm not here today to speak about the organ. I'm here today to speak about the other power of the heart, the heart wisdom, the heart inner knowing, and its capacity of guiding us intelligently. Not because the modern culture and Western medicine only speaks about the heart in terms of its physiological function and that it's just an organ and a pump to the blood, then we forget the significance and the frequent mentions of the heart in all the ancient civilization and its capacity to influence and direct our emotions and our decision-making abilities in our day-to-day life. So for example, the Egyptian civilization, one of the most advanced civilizations at the time, They believed that the heart, not the brain, was the source of human wisdom, emotions, memory, and the personality itself. And this is now scientifically proven, it's just not yet popularized enough. It's something you can research yourself. People who have done heart transplantation, they experience personality change. Imagine, don't take it from me, Go and research it yourself. You will find some fascinating stories. I didn't believe them myself at the beginning. Crazy. And if you just focus a little bit, even our modern life today, even with all the lost connection with our body and our heart for obvious reasons like the crazy continuous distraction and the super fast paced life, we still do the same references to the heart in the different occasions and social contexts. So for example, we would say we feel a heart-to-heart connection when we feel loved. Or this person has a warm heart or a white heart when they are kind and make us feel included and loved around them. Or we say, I have poured my heart into a project at work when we work so hard on something. Or my favorite emotion of all, when we feel this sense of wonder, a sense of awe, we say, my heart skipped a beat. 
Of course, in these contexts, we are not referring to the organ called heart that people study at medical school. Because I guarantee you, if you opened up someone's chest to see their white heart, you will be disappointed that it's not white. So in this case, what are we actually referring to here? Is the function of the heart physical or emotional? The reason for the confusion is because we insist on having it split between the physical and the non-physical, the matter and the energy. And that's why we have separated the role of our thoughts and daily stresses from the effects they produce in our physical body. And the heart is at the core of our body, the physical, and at the core of how we think and feel, the non-physical. Now you may be asking, okay, now what? Why I should be concerned with this? You should because the quality of our life is not related to the quality of what we own or what we have accomplished. The quality of our life depends on how we feel, how we manage our emotions. Anything you do, anything you aspire for, you do because you want to feel an emotion. So your emotional state is the determinant of the quality of your life. And if the heart is at the core of how we think and feel, then we should learn more about it and learn how we can reach a state of coherence, heart and brain coherence, because this is the state where magic happens. Most of us learned at school that the heart is the one responding to orders sent by the brain. But the truth is, and this is what was recently discovered, that the heart actually sends more signals to the brain more than the brain sends to the heart. And these heart signals significantly affect our brain function. It literally tells the brain how to translate what we feel. So our heart directly influences our emotional state and hence quality of our life. This power of the heart is created by the energy produced in the heart. You may be like, what energy are you talking about? In case you didn't know, the heart is the most powerful source of electromagnetic energy in the human body. It creates the largest electromagnetic field of any of the body organs. And just to give you a reference, this field is about 60 times greater in amplitude than the one generated by the brain. Can you imagine? We actually think the energy and magnetic field comes mainly from the brain. And this field, created by the heart, also extends around three feet away from the body. That's why some people can sense the energy of others. Okay, now that we know how the heart and brain communicate and know the energy created by the heart, what is the state of heart-brain coherence? You know when you feel you are in flow, like things are easy, even if they are not, but you are handling the problems with ease, emotional ease. It's a state when our hearts, minds, and bodies are aligned, at peace, and we feel a deep connection with ourselves and others. On the other side, if you've been ever told to do something or thought you should do something or behave in a specific way, but there was a deeper sense or a deeper feeling that probably you shouldn't, or that this is not the best choice, this is lack of alignment and lack of coherence. Well, you may confuse this with fear, but I will leave this for a different episode. But back to the state of brain coherence, you can consider it as your heart informs your brain that it's safe to create. It's safe to raise its consciousness out of the survival mode. 
This calmer state of the nervous system will accelerate your capacity to learn new things, make better choices in life, and expand your view of options. What does this mean? It means that you will start to see opportunities and feel things that you didn't have access to before because it was blocked by your fight and flight stressful state that literally drains your energy and inhibits your capacity to do more complicated brain functions. That's why when you are stressed, you are more likely to take impulsive decisions and don't think clearly because that complex brain function was literally blocked at that time. You know when you take decisions on the fly or out of pressure and later on you think like, what I was thinking? That's it. It's because that part of the brain that do the complicated brain functions was blocked. Every day, our emotions and thoughts creates vibrations. Remember the electromagnetic field we spoke about that the heart creates? Imagine that when you are in a low-level frequency or a low-level vibration, this electromagnetic field will just look for similar frequencies to connect with. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the science behind the law of attraction. Part of us being human, we are going to pass through ups and downs in life. And these fluctuations of emotions will range from lower-level vibrations like being frustrated, angry, or even worse emotions like guilt or shame, which are the lowest, lowest frequencies. The worst thing ever you can do to yourself is to live in guilt and shame. But we also do experience high-level frequencies like compassion, love, gratitude, and joy. Anyone who experiences these emotions know their power in changing our state of being. If you start to reflect on how you really felt during this high vibration emotions, you will realize it's when you felt most self-secure, safe in your body. Means you are in flow, means you can perform at your best. So how can we help ourselves stay in these high emotion states? In this episode, I will pick one high-frequency emotional state of being that is very critical in keeping a healthy heart, which means a healthy heart-brain coherence, a healthy electromagnetic field around us, which in turn will bring us more people, circumstances, and incidents that matches this state. This is a state that we can cultivate, and there is so much that we can gain and up-level the quality of our life from taking this seriously. This state is compassion and forgiveness, something we take very, very lightly, while the lack of it literally disrupts the heart coherence. And this is scientific. Institutes like HeartMath, and I will link the research in the show notes, these findings concluded that forgiving and releasing old hurts from our system is like taking a mental and emotional bath. It's literally like cleaning up your system from dirts. So the notion that forgiveness is weakness causes you more harm than what you think. It gives you a fake sense of control. And hence, compassion for others is a gift to yourself before anyone else. It's very easy for us to have compassion for someone we don't know, or someone who's been good to us, or someone who is less than. But it is not that easy to truly forgive and have compassion for people who hurt us if we don't make an effort to work on our egos. I myself had a recent incident with a dear friend, a long-term friendship, where I wasn't being told the truth, where for a reason I don't know till now, the person wasn't honest with me. And that was really, really painful. Because till the very last minute, I actually thought I've been told the truth. 
Part because every time I would ask this person about their top values in life and their are negotiables, the answer always been trust and honesty. And part because I truly do my best, especially in the past few years, to make a conscious effort to make it comfortable for people around me to be truly themselves and express their truth without feeling they have to hide something. So it was hard for me to digest this, especially I'm talking about a family level relationship, a family level trust. Plus, when someone lied to you, they strip you from seeing the reality, and this impacts your decision-making. So this also means they cause you harm, not just emotionally, but with the consequences of making wrong choices because they never communicated the real situation. So when I realized this fact, I had so much resentment. I felt betrayed, like stabbed in the back. And if you ever felt this feeling before, you know very well how it feels in your body. It eats you alive. Thankfully, I caught myself and I knew this was not right and I need and must work on it. So I had to make a conscious effort and a clear plan on how I want to cultivate compassion for this person and forgive them. And I hope these tips can help you today to go and clear any kind of negative emotions you're holding against anyone. For me, I did a love and compassion meditation every single day for two weeks. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And you may be thinking now, why the big deal? Why invest all this time and effort? Time heals. No, darlings, time doesn't heal anything. You will indeed feel a win for a short time because you have buried the problem and think it's over. But the reality is, life will bring you an even bigger, similar situation. So you may decide to face it this time. And the cycle will keep going on till you stop and open your wound, face what you have to face, feel the pain, clean it and close it so it can properly heal. So if you have decided to take this seriously and cultivate compassion for others who you may find it hard to forgive, then you will find the links to the meditations in the show notes. You can choose whichever works for you. This meditation also helps you see other perspectives that you don't see when you are blinded with resentment. For example, was this person who hurt you always bad as per your new label? Did you try to remember all the great lovely things they brought into your life, all the supporting moments that they've been there for you, all the joyful moments you shared with them? Just taking a moment to remember that, you will realize how this makes you smile and make your body relax and your heart happy. Yes, these moments might not be available anymore, but it tells you that there were also great things in this relationship that you should be grateful for. Now, let's say from your perspective, you didn't experience any good with this person and they were dishonest with you. In this case, try to remember moments where you yourself had to lie and to be dishonest. Not necessarily with this person, but in general. Remember what you were feeling at that time. Why did you have to lie? Was it because your fear that people will be disappointed if they know your truth? Was it because you were worried you will harm someone you love? We all had moments where we had to lie because of our weakness. Not necessarily because we had bad intention to harm someone else. So remembering what you felt in these situations can help you have compassion for this person and feel what they might have been going through. Now you may be thinking, why do I need to do this love and compassion meditation for some time? 
Just like how I did it for two weeks and how I go back to it every time I get those resentment feelings back. The reason is because we spend most of the day thinking about the bad stuff. So dedicating 10 to 15 minutes to neutralize that is really nothing. But thankfully, the good emotions are way stronger than the negative ones. So the more you cultivate the good, the stronger you will be in letting go of the bad. Also, don't try the meditation once and wonder why it doesn't work. Consistency is key. Just like if you eat salad today, this is not going to transform your life to a healthy one. Or going to the gym once and wonder how come you're not as strong yet. It's about the practice, the consistency, and about making it a habit. And then it will become who you are, a forgiving person. Remember, forgiveness is about you, only you. It's about your choice to let go of the pain caused from the other person. You don't even need to communicate to anyone that you forgive them. You have every right to choose to keep or not to keep the relationship. But as a gift to yourself, let go of the bad emotions from your heart. And finally, I would love to share with you a mind-blowing experiment about the intuitive power of the heart and its capacity to sense not only the presence, but also the future. Yes, the future. Stay with me. A recent research study by the HeartMath Institute, and I'm going to link it in the show notes if you want to read more about it, was conducted on 26 adults. So in this study, each participant was asked to sit in front of a computer screen while they were connected to a machine that records their brain and heart data. And then one by one, a series of 45 pictures were displayed on the screen. Photos that evokes a strong emotion response like a a snake with an open mouth, for example. And the rest were calming images like a beautiful lake or a beautiful park. Each photo displayed for 3 seconds, then the screen went blank for 10 seconds, and so on. So 3 seconds, the image would be displayed, then 10 seconds blank, then again three seconds of the next photo. Once the test was done, for the 45 images, the results were mind-blowing. They discovered that the participants, heart and brain, appeared to know the response to the image before it appears, as if they knew the next photo is a relaxing one or stressful. Really crazy, right? They were literally responding to a future event. What was even more profound is that the data showed the heart received the information before the brain. This means we all have this very powerful tool that we call heart that can sense the future, that knows what's good for us. This is what we call intuition. Steve Jobs said intuition is a very powerful thing, more powerful than intellect in my opinion. All the visionary leaders like Steve Jobs emphasize on the power of listening to the heart and how our physical heart is connected to the field of information not bound to classical limits of time and space. So I would love to have you today understanding the magic powers of your heart. But know and be sure that to unlock these powers, you must first clean your heart and remove the blockages. Because if you don't, you will not be able to access your heart intelligence. Free yourself from resentments, judgments, fear, guilt, and shame. Just let go. Fill your heart with love, compassion, kindness, and joy, and maybe a little bit of a sense of awe. May you all be blessed with a warm heart, a brave heart, a wild heart. For now, goodbye till the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe to this show if you are inspired to be part of this community and this journey. I would also appreciate if you rate and review the podcast. 
This will help me understand what type of content you are enjoying and where and find useful to create more from. Bye there.